I just want to thank on your behalf all those who participated in worship this morning, the praise team, our pianist, our worship coordinator, uh, the one who led in prayer, the one who did the children's message this morning, those in the sound booth and those who ushered, and those who are in the nursery and those who are doing children's worship, so many people participating in a leading way in worship this morning in this congregation, so thankful to God for each of you. This morning, it's my privilege to turn a, your attention to one of my very favorite psalms, and I suspect it is for many here. It's Psalm 121, under the theme this morning, Lord, you are my helper. You are my helper. Hear the words of this beloved psalm. As we just sang it, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Heavenly Father, it's a psalm that we know well. We've read it often. But again, we need to hear it today, O oh God, that as we carry forward in our journey of life, not knowing precisely where we're at in that walk with you, that we need your help. We want to say that, and we want to hear your assurance this morning that you deeply desire to be our companion, our helper, our friend in life. In Christ's name now, I pray that you'll speak to us. Amen. Psalm 121, dear friends, beneath the psalm title, is that expression, this is a song of ascent. And I trust you know what that means. There's a package of psalms written. Maybe it's a little songbook, goes from Psalm 120 to 134, 15 of them, that were psalms that were read, but in ancient times, these were songs that were sung again and again by God's people, by the pilgrims, especially as they made their way to the festivals in Jerusalem yearly. There were three major festivals, of course. There was the Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, remembering first fruits and uh, the giving of the law. And then there was the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, to remember God's deliverance out of Egypt. And then there was Passover. That was the main feast. That one especially, all Jews were expected to go to Jerusalem, if at all possible, yearly. And they lived in a variety of places, locations, distances from Jerusalem. And the practice was that with Passover, God's people would meet on the roads that led to the holy city. And the closer they got, the more people collected. And they walked together, not in vehicles, of course, but they talked and they shared and they sang. They sang songs about their God about his miracles, about his power, his faithfulness, his love for them, and other things. 
And as they approached Jerusalem, perhaps you know, uh, Jerusalem was built on a high hill. And so the roads, from whatever direction, they had an incline to them. And by this time, there were many people walking the roads. And together they would say, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121, I believe, is a good psalm for us to know well. And to read often and perhaps to sing. As we're on a pilgrimage, a journey that leads, if we are in Christ, to the holy city, to the new Jerusalem, to the place we call heaven. Along the way in that journey, there's going to be bumps and trials, heart-rending experiences, true for all. But we know that, that God will be our helper. Always, always on the journey. He'll be there for you. He'll be there for me. In our church that I served for many, many years at Friendship, that church was built about 25 years ago now, the new facility, and we put five windows in that church. Two members of the congregation were masterfully skilled in putting those together. Stained glass windows, and I love each and every one of them. They're about five feet in diameter, even though they're circular. And uh, one in particular, now that I get the chance on occasion to sit in the pew there, uh, I look to my left, and there's that, that window. And if the sun is shining from the east, the sun is shining through. It's simply entitled, The Pathway to Heaven. The Pathway to Heaven. And it's a reminder that we are on a journey. The road goes this way, it goes that way. There's angels on the end of the road to greet the travelers who reach the end of the road. And sometimes as I sit there, I wonder, Lord, where am I on that road? When will the end arrive for me? No one of us can know. We cannot be sure. How could those three students at Michigan State know last Sunday? that they were at the very end of the road to depart this earth. How could 43,000 plus people in Turkey a month ago possibly realize that they were that near to death in the end of their journey? Every week there are others. They depart. They move on to the afterlife. Some of them are expected, of course. Others, very, very unexpected. And as I said, that journey, it's not straight. It's not smooth, necessarily easy. It wasn't for Jesus, his journey towards death. Nor is it for his followers. Sometimes such unexpected bends in the road. Rough stretches to journey through. And that's all reflected so beautifully, I think, in that stained glass window as I look upon that. But it's a journey that's going to end for the Christian in glory. No question about it. There is nothing in all this world that can or will ever separate us from the love of our God. 
as I said, we do well to read Psalm 121 often as we journey in life. And say, Lord, many things I do not know, but one thing I know, you are my helper. You are my companion, come what may. What's the blessing of saying that, believing that? And my thoughts go now to Psalm 84, the one I started worship with this morning. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, those who've set their hearts on pilgrimage. In other words, those who've chosen to believe in you, to trust in you, to follow you. The psalm writer continues, as they travel through the valley of Baca, in other words, they go through the rough stretches of life. They will make it a place of springs. The autumn rains will cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each one appears before God in Zion. Good words. But now back to Psalm 121. I think you have that outline before you, but note in those opening verses how God is our helper. In this sense that, that God is our parent, our divine parent. Our truest parent. He's the maker of heaven and earth and everything in them. From Romans 11, from him, through him, to him are all things. That includes each one of us. God made you and God made me. If God had not done that, you would not be here. He manufactured you, if I may put it that way. You're only here by the grace of God, by the creating work of God, that you have life, that I have life. But there's another thought here. Our help comes from the Lord, the psalm says. And the word there is Yahweh, that name for God, that says the God who made us is a God who cares deeply about those he's made. He deeply desires to have a relationship with them. And he did have. But then sadly, those people turned away from God. They sinned. They separated themselves from God. And God being Yahweh, he loved them still. And he made a promise and he had a plan to redeem them. To restore them to himself. To reconcile sinners to himself. God saw us in our sin, in our shame. He came in his own son to bring us salvation. He came to bring us from darkness to light again. He saw us as orphans, cut off, forsaken. And he did all that was necessary so that we could be adopted into his family, that we could be his sons and his daughters once again. You see, he's our parent, our parent. Oh, how he loves his children. That's the amazing God of Psalm 121. A God who's our helper as our parent. You know, in David's day, writer of this psalm, if we were with him, or if we lived in that day, and we'd stand before the mountains, we might see people there. 
who would be shouting, who would be dancing, who would be sacrificing. Because the perception was that the gods or the divine helpers, they lived somehow in those hills and, and you had to get the attention of those gods. And so you did everything imaginable to try to get the attention of those supposed divine helpers. The perception was, is that the gods preferred not to be bothered. Frankly, they were quite disinterested in human needs. They were somewhat deaf, and so you shouted a bit louder. You sacrificed a bit more. You danced a bit stronger. So it was. In that religious practice, how different, how different the God of Israel, our God in Christ, he's honored when we come. He's so eager to help us. He is the parent, the perfect parent, who's always watching over his children. He's so attentive to our cries, we don't even have to speak loud always eager to bless us, his beloved. There's a little book on my shelf. In fact, it's written on Psalm 129. It has this title, God Works the Night Shift. The Night Shift. And it's based on that understanding that, that God doesn't sleep. And he doesn't slumber. You and I get tired. We need to rest. God is always awake, always watching, always caring. And the implication of the author of that book is that we don't have to become overly anxious or pace the floors because even when we sleep, God is awake and he's at work. He's caring for his children. And so we do well to get needed rest, we being the children of that heavenly father. So read Psalm 121, whoever your parent, whoever your parents were, and I know you've had good parents, please see your God as your divine parent today, your truest parent, your very best parent, the one who loves you more than any parent here on earth has ever loved you, more than you could ever love your children. That's the, that's the one who is our helper. But let's move along to verses 5 and 6. There we see God described as a protecting God. He watches over his children to protect them. Let me read those verses again. It says here, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Let's be honest this morning, all of us live far removed from Palestine. A different culture, a different climate there, so different from Michigan. But we took a, a trip one time, about 25 years ago now, to that place with Ray Vanderlaan. And one requirement for travel is that we would have a hat. And not just a cap, but a hat with a wide brim on it. Because those Mediterranean days could be unbelievably hot under the sun. And I remember still 
going up that hill that led to Masada, that fortress city. It was quite a long walk, and sometimes on the road, buses passed us and vans passed us. But if you were on a Ray Vanderlaan tour, you didn't take the bus or the van. You walked, and you walked, and you walked, and you got hotter than hot. And I remember that journey we took from Jericho to Jerusalem. It's about seven miles. We didn't do the uh, entire route. They call it the Jericho Road. But really, it's just a path. And sometimes it's very, very narrow. And again, unbelievably hot. So we took lots of salt. And we took lots of water. And we wore our hats. Because there was always the possibility of sunstroke. Sunstroke. So we did all those things to protect ourselves from the heat. Oh, the blessing of whatever shade you could provide for yourself or some kind of cloud cover. That's recognized here. But then the moon at night, sleeping under the direct rays of the moon, was taught to be in ancient times a very, very dangerous thing to do. It was considered having something to do with epilepsy or seizures or strokes. Too much exposure to the moon, lying in the rays of the moon at night. Now, maybe that can't be fully proved. But the ancient traveler feared both the sun and the moon and took precautions for each. Whatever the dangers we travel with in our journey of life, on our way to glory, please see the Lord as your shade on your right hand. He's there to help you. I'm thinking of Isaiah 41. Do not be afraid, my dear child, for I'm always with you. Do not be dismayed or disheartened. I'm your God. And I'll always be there to strengthen you and to help you and to hold you up, to hold you up with my right hand. That's the message of Psalm 121, the Lord is our shade. There's other versions who have, uh, the Lord is our shield, shield. And that's an interesting image too. That takes us to the battlefield. And again, when we think of um, any kind of warfare, we think of guns and we think of uh, uh, protective clothing and so forth. But in ancient times, um, you went to war to battle with a shield, a shield. To ward off the arrows, the spears of the enemy, and then a spear in your right hand. That was your offensive weapon. Now, if you had a shield and you had a spear and you were the enemy and you wanted to do me evil, you know what you would do. You would always aim for this side, the right side, that unprotected side. Because you aim for this side, it would glance off the shield, no, no problem. But, but this side, they could do great damage and bring about death. The Lord is your shield, the psalm writer says, on your right side. He knows where each of us is weak, where each of us is vulnerable. He knows where the evil one is going to try to attack you, to defeat you. Look to the Lord, your helper. He's your shade. He is your shield on your right side. 
I think it's safe to say that as we're sitting here this morning, all of us have some forms of insurance, do we not? Car insurance, health insurance, life insurance. Maybe some here have this thing called now long-term care insurance. More and more as people travel, I hear now they're getting trip insurance. You never know. You want to be protected just in case, just in case, and other types as well. Based on Psalm 121, I want us to see our lives as insured by the Lord as we journey through life or with the Lord. As I say, that doesn't mean that bad things will not happen, that there won't be hard, hard days, but God will protect us and provide for us. I believe God assigns an angel to watch over his children. And the fact is, we're going to make it to the end of the journey to heaven's glory. Each and every day, the Lord is there. Your parent, to care for you, to love you. As your protector, to watch over you, keep you safe. One thought further, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Again, when we were in Israel, I still remember in the Jewish home, in the doorways... On the side of the doorway, they had those things. Do you know what they were called? Starts with an M. Anybody? I think I'm hearing some words. They were called mezuzahs. Mezuzahs. I was going to take one along this morning. We have several of them, but I forgot to do that. But um, we've had those on the side of our doorways, too. There are different shapes and different sizes, of course. But um, there's a little tube there, and inside is a little piece of paper. And you would write down a scripture verse. To remember as you came and as you went from your home. For the good Jew, it was most often the Shema, Deuteronomy 6. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And so as they passed the door, they understood again what their calling was, their mission. To love God on that day. To love their neighbor as well. And then they would ask God as they passed, to watch over those they left behind on that day, to watch over himself so that they could be reunited again later in that day. The final word often would be this word from Psalm 121. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord keep me, both now and always. And the Lord promises to do that. To preserve his people, his children, his family as they journey through life. Everyone who travels with God, everyone who is in Christ, as I said, will arrive at the finish line in glory. Be welcomed by the angels. No question about it. When we cry out to the Lord along the way, he's going to be there to hear us. He will be our helper. 
We have that wonderful doctrine. We call it the perseverance of the saints. There's good thought there, but I prefer to think of it as the preservation of the saints because I'm, I'm secure not so much because I'm going to persevere as God is going to preserve. God is going to preserve. I like what Eugene Peterson writes. His wonderful book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Here are some of his words. Listen carefully. The Christian life is a life in which we go with God. In going with God, Christians travel the same ground that everyone else walks on. They breathe the same air. They drink the same water. They shop in the same stores. They read the same newspapers. They are citizens under the same government. They pay the same price for groceries, for gasoline. They fear the same dangers. They're subject to the same pressures. They get the same diseases. They're buried in the same ground. The difference, the difference is that each step we take, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by God. We know we are accompanied by God. We know that we are ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure, what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from all evil. He will keep our life. He surely will, both now and forever. I stand before you this morning thankful for many blessings in life. But blessing number one is that I belong body and soul to my faithful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so grateful that I'm living my life as a Christian. I trust you are too, that we're on a journey that leads to everlasting glory. As we're on that pathway this morning that leads to heaven. Read Psalm 121. Read it again. Read it often. Hear the promises of your God spoken to you. Claim the promises within that psalm. Understand anew that your life is insured by the Lord. That in Him you have a far superior policy than anyone you could purchase from whatever agent here on this earth. Every day, dear friend, whatever your need, see it again. Lord, I love you. More than that, you love me. You will be my helper this day, in this new week. Indeed, he will be. Join me in prayer. Oh God, what comfort, what peace of mind, what blessing is ours by having our lives insured with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Again today, for being our anchor, our compass, our destination, our helper our very best friend in this journey of life. Amen.